Yo, 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 what's up, guys? This is your boy Aaron, aka Don. Yo, this is your boy Aaron, aka Don. What's up, guys? This is your boy Aaron, aka Don. What's up, guys? This is your boy Aaron, aka Don. All right, what's up, guys? This is your boy Aaron, aka Don. I say, if we're not making mistakes, we are not moving at the pace we need to be yet. Because we need to be moving that fast that we're going to mess up everyone's tomorrow. Probably going to be, I would say, the Amazon of. Probably going to be like the Amazon of the esports world where like a player, a player could come in, they, they see the website, and you can get literally anything you need. And we're like in this new age of like faceless YouTubers, faceless gamers, and they're killing it. And so by having like the creatives behind all this, this, in my opinion, is the next good thing. I think of it as like I'm the SoundCloud rapper of clothing designer. Yeah. Like I'm the one paving the way for like as you say the digital creator come up mm -hmm. we gotta come up real quick i had people from my high school getting me up yo we be on the show man i knew we were gonna make this shit happen but it's like bro a lot of people fucking laughed at me in the beginning they literally laughed at me they told me this shit is not gonna work but i feel so so fucking like amazing just knowing that i proved these motherfuckers wrong Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to Inside the Screen. It's your boy Don from One Thousand PM. We have graphic and motion designer George H. Nowak. What's up, bro? How you doing? How's, How are how's you life? doing? I'm doing excellent. It is awesome to finally be on here. This has been uh, listen in in the back of my head for a while now. Yeah, listen, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of you so much. Like, I don't think you understand. I don't know if Seso has told you, but when I've talked to Seso, I'm telling him I'm a I don't think you guys know how much you guys really impact like the industry and probably you do because thousands of people see it but like i don't know i'm, I'm just glad to have you on for me it's it's all new this has only been you know going on for not even a year yet on my end yeah like getting really into the scene and trying to push uh the brand and stuff like that yeah let's let's talk about that how so when you became a designer let's go way back when when did you know that you wanted to do this right so i always express how thankful i am for being able to discover kind of what my passion is really early on so i started designing in middle school i think i was maybe like 11 years old or something um and i asked my parents for photoshop cs5 for christmas and that's what they gave me that's how i started my uh career so that was back in 2010 11 years ago. I don't mean to cut you off. So this was serious from jump. Yeah, from the jump. I, I, yeah. I'm saying that because I remember when I was in 2015 and I, well, not even 2015, but whatever year, and I was like, I want to be a designer. I literally got something on my phone and that's how I was like, mm, I'm going to be around with that. But for you, it was like Photoshop since day one, kind of. Yeah. So I was always curious about design in mm -hmm. middle school. And I think in high school, that's kind of where I discovered that it can be an actual career. And uh, thankfully, the high school I was in, they had classes for graphic design to kind of explore that side of the, the industry. So yeah. I just went in on those and I, I learned about going to college for design and getting a job, what's available out in the world. So that's, I think, when I decided to really take it seriously, which is also when I started getting into the esports space. Gotcha. Now, I feel like for you, it's like so different. Like, you know, even your bio says it at a psychology level. Like, what mm -hmm. do you what do you really mean when you say that? Like I got. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's something that is, I, I tell people a lot, if I were never a designer, if I decided to pursue a different route, I am pretty confident in saying that I would have pursued psychology. And the main reason is like a lot of motivation behind what I do as a designer is centered around how other people think. So how people react to uh, visuals, you know, how we can trigger some type of response, emotional reactions just by having something on a screen or on a page. And that's always been fascinating for me. So it's like, that's kind of what I try to teach to people is when you create designs, if you are intentional with what you create, you're able to kind of lean people in a certain direction, right? Yeah. Do you play chess? Uh, I play chess. I feel like you're the type not, of guy to play chess. Not a on a competitive level gotcha. by any means. I people are ever since that uh, Netflix show came oh, on, yeah. like people are going in on chess, and that's just I know that's a bit too much dedication on my end to yeah, really no. get involved with that. <laughs> I'm just used to getting one v one challenge. Now I'm getting emails from coworkers like, "Yo, you play chess?" I'm, I'm ranked. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "Yo, man, I don't know what to do. All I know is to move pawn one and pawn two, and that's it." Yeah, that's that's what I'll say. I basically know the rules, and that's as far as my chess knowledge goes. Got you. So, <laughs> what were you doing before 100 Thieves? I know you said you had a job. What was and the reason I'm asking because mm -hmm. I'm trying a new thing. I'm trying to find a way how to find somebody's 137 tweet. I failed, but I found some old tweets by George Nowak. Okay. Um, I want to read one of them out loud because it's so funny to me. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, let me find it real quick. It's right here. There we go. All right, this one reads. You ready? Yep. I am a teacher intern for a media productions class full of freshmen and all they talk about is CSGO and John Cena. This is in 2015. Oh, man. I don't even remember. So I think that would have been when I was in high school, right? Jeez. I think something like that. Man, I don't even remember tweeting that, if I'm going to be completely honest. That's so far back. <laughs> I mean, most of us, right? Like, <laughs> tweet something five years ago is definitely like, mm -hmm. I don't remember tweeting that. Um, but how was that, though? How how has coming into 100 Thieves... Mm -hmm. which is an esports and gaming org but i feel like they're not really even trying to niche into that more per se i think mm -hmm. they're trying to become something totally different and bigger but how has it how's it been with 100 thieves uh it's been awesome i mean so i guess a little bit of history like i've been in esports uh, i think like I, I was saying like in high school is around when i started and that was in 2012 and mm -hmm. i've just been involved in the scene but i had never really gotten um I guess other than 100 Thieves, I was in pretty much one major organization, and that was Obey uh, a few years back. But before that, I had been so focused on school that it's like I had my eye on the scene and I'd been kind of observing, like watching my friends grow and stuff like that. But I hadn't really dedicated myself to it fully. So when I finished college, that was my goal was like, all right, I'm going to spend this next year and just go in on my brand fully involve myself in esports and just see where it takes me and thankfully that's like when i i mean basically a month after i got my job with paper crowns and then a few months after that i got um the the offer from 100 thieves through seso let me just tell you something paper crowns y'all something mm -hmm. different i love you mm -hmm. guys like what you guys do i actually hit up you guys today because mm -hmm. i got a little project we'll talk about it later okay. uh, super secret shush shush um but why why finish college I feel like a lot of creators now are kind of learning that mm -hmm. college isn't the only way. What was the, the motive for you to 
finish college first and then get right. full into the industry. Yeah. So I always I express to people on my streams a lot and I, I made a video about it on my YouTube. But the reason why I went to college was not to get the degree, because I think at this point, most of us know that it's not really necessary to go anywhere yeah. in life at, at this yeah. point. So my only purpose with design in a university was to learn. So like the program I was in was very, very refined. Uh, I would say it's arguably, obviously I'm a bit biased, but one of the best in California for okay. what they teach. But um, the I purely went because I wanted to gain that information. Like I was coming straight out of high school. I had knowledge on design as a career, but I didn't really have the details on like how to make that possible. You know, what are what's the business side of design and and what even is branding and stuff like that. So that's when I decided like, I'm just going to go in on university. I'm going to soak up as much information as I can. And I feel like I was learning so much so quickly that when I went out of it, I just felt prepared. Right. So that's kind yeah. of what set me up for those types of job opportunities with paper crowns and hundred thieves. Like I already had the information you, I needed. Right. So basically you're, you're the plant and you just really want it that extra knowledge per se, is that what you're saying? Like, yeah, just gotcha. Yeah. It was purely, purely to learn, not mm -hmm. for the degree in, in any sense. Uh, I just really wanted to be a part of that type of experience. I had to experience it for myself. Right. And it okay. ended up like, I, I have so much, uh, I learned so much from university. Like I value it really, really highly in that kind of journey I was a part of. Yeah. I love that. Cause I'm, I'm straight from a uh, high school mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of, my coworkers are really surprised. They're like, you didn't get out of college? I'm like, no, bro. Mm -hmm. I just knew. I remember I told somebody else to start. I had a high school project, senior year. I don't know if you got mm -hmm. this, but it's like, what do you want to be? What are you going to do? And it's like mm -hmm. the last project for every senior. I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to be an East person gamer. That's, mm -hmm. that's really what I said. And like I told the other person, I'm pretty sure, but that teacher gave me a C just because of that. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really sure. Uh, and the reason I'm saying all this is because I feel like a lot of people want to become pros, they want to become content creators in the esports and gaming industry. And then when they notice, yo, I'm not getting this much views, I'm not getting these much followers, I can't get in it. When you're mm -hmm. a testimony of you're, you're in it and you're not a pro mm -hmm. player. But now you're also a content creator, you're getting serious. But how can people get into the industry without being pros and content creators, basically? Right. Yeah. So... I mean, a whole bunch of this industry is based on networking, right? Yeah. So even in this is why I love design so much, because I think the principles you learn are so universal, like whether or not you want to be a content creator or just be like a pro player. From what I've learned in design, when it comes to marketing and building your brand and, and meeting people, networking, like I said earlier, like that has so much value that I don't think people really understand until they have to go through it. Cause if you're not yeah. growing, that usually means that there's something wrong, right? Yeah. So you have to be able to analyze what you're doing, what's missing, like, why aren't you seeing those numbers go up? Right. And that in itself is a skill. So yes, it, it, it's tough. And like, I know it's tough if you don't go to school for it because you have to learn those principles on your own. You can't like, you can get help from like friends and, and people, you know, but like, it's yeah. a lot harder to get started because you just don't have that information. Like you would at a university when they just tell you, this is how it is. But yeah. um, at the same time, I tell everyone when they're thinking about school, like, should I go to a university? I always tell them everything you can learn at a university 
you can learn on your own. Like the information is out there, yeah. right? It's yeah. it's not like it's held a secret only at a university. You just have to be the one to discover Seeking that it. information, yeah. right? I like that a lot, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I say I say this when I'm in meeting. I'm like I'm I'm really curious on how people lose arguments when all the answers are legit on Google. Yeah, like, I'm like yo, he just lost that argument. Like he could have looked that up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just feel like arguments. There's a cheat code for arguments now. Go look it up on Google if you want to be the person that's right per se. Mm-hmm. And boom, there you go. But so you know, you thought about that. But how much do you do that to yourself? Like you self reflect on? Because let me be honest, I love your graphics. I, Thank you. As you can see, I, <laughs> I'm not trying to copy copy, but like when it comes to just sim- simple, like mm-hmm. you're the person that has motivated me. Like you know what? I don't want. Don't need to overthink this. Mm-hmm. I need to. Look, Mostly just think about the person that's seeing this and what they're going to observe from this, what they need to see, which yeah. is me and you. What is this, the title? Who is it going to be? They guess. How much do you reflect on your own craft and your work? Yeah, I mean, that's like a constant thing. My, my favorite part about design specifically, uh, I think relating to psychology, was that idea of intention, like everything has a purpose, right? So when I'm creating something, when I'm creating a design, I always try to pinpoint every single element that I use, where I place it, the size of it. If I can't think of a reason why I set it to that kind of uh, piece to be as it is, then I'll usually take it out, which is why the graphics I make are really simple because I'm just trying to get the point across. When Mm -hmm. it comes to my personal brand, the reason why I have it set up the way it is, is one, because I really love typography and uh, when I was in school, I was really fascinated by the Swiss era of design where it was based on typography around the 60s to, mm-hmm. I mean, even up to the 90s. And you still see today, like that's one of my favorite eras in design. And I use that as a reference and I added a little bit of function into it because as a teacher and having basically two full-time jobs, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have the time to be really decorative with my brand. I just have to get the message out. I need to get the word across. Most of my brand is based on teaching. So it's not how things look, but it's how um, how I say them, right? So when you look at my brand, it's super bare bones kind of for that reason, because I just yeah, need to be able to get it out fast, but, you know? Yep. And like you said, though, it, it has an intention and a purpose. Like, mm-hmm. Something I am really jealous of, and I think it's okay to be jealous, uh, mm-hmm. is your header. Super simple. It's like... It's, I don't know. It's just, I, it's super simple, but it also gives you everything you need to know, like who count this is and stuff like that, which is super dope. Somebody yeah. asked me to ask you though, what is the purpose of the arrows? I think you guys use yeah. the arrows a lot. And so yeah. what is the intention there? Right. So when I was making my logo, this was the last assignment at university was to create your brand, which is why I love the design program there is very practical, right? So our assignment, we spent half a year, just make your brand, figure out what it is, figure out who you are. And going back to, well, so this is how I approach my brand. So I'll start with that and lean into the logo. I approach my brand by self-reflecting. I figured out what my personal interests are, the things that inspire me, um, just general kind of almost like mood boarding in your head, right? Um, and what I ended up coming up with is like something that fascinates me is that Swiss era of design. That arrow specifically is a modified version of a really famous designer, Massimo Vanelli. And he's the one who created the New York city subway system design, which is 
still I did not know that. I didn't right. know who that person was. The reason mm-hmm. I smiled is it fascinates me because it just shows how much mm-hmm. you're really, your passion is for this, is how you can identify mm-hmm. the name, what he does. And you're literally teaching me history. I, know, I didn't know. So you, you made the mm-hmm. New York subway station you said? Yeah, yeah. So the subway system that you still see being used today, he made that, you know, before we were even born, right? And that having that kind of Swiss influence. And then at the same time, I've always been invested into street culture, uh, streetwear and just street culture in general, like uh, dance and stuff like that has been um, a big part of who I am today. So those two things together, I don't dance. I was a part of a uh, streetwear organization and they always, uh, they always pick at me for that because I'm the only one on the team that can't dance yet but (laughs) basically those two things uh one of the two most valuable things that i hold interest in street culture and that swiss era ended up coming together to make the the arrow for what it is now so that's basically i modified it to the point of like where i could call it my own right and um that's kind of the main influence in, in how i created the brand as far as like why i chose black and white um the the professors hated me for this by the way because is it a they, chico is that yeah. why well, I, the professors they tell you not to use black and white uh exactly. especially not 100 percent black 100 percent white they always tell you to put some type of color like a little bit of blue in it or something or whatever and exactly. for me i used to have a favorite color and that favorite color would change every like four or five months like it would be Not yellow then cyan then i'd be like really into magenta because that's just as a designer you kind of switch between like what new things colors. too right yeah exactly and i was like so sick of this just swapping like do i want my brand to be yellow do i want it to yeah. be red like what do i want my brand so i just when i kind of came across just black and white nothing else it's like it's basically as timeless as you can get like it yeah my interest in black and white the and the aesthetic in general like it hasn't changed like it's just going back to what my brand is about like it's very bare bones it's functional like it does what it's supposed to do if there is any color in my brand it having a brand that's black and white will highlight those things so if i'm promoting artwork right if my brand is black and white it'll promote the artwork because the artwork is the thing that has the color in it right I love so, this so much. That's kind of the intention that I put into to what I make. Even though, if you look at my brand currently, I would say like it seems pretty straightforward. But I, I mean, I, mean, I spent six months thinking about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, so and, I, and I guess it kind of gets easy though when it comes to working with hundred thieves to a point because the only colors they kind of add to the one you're already used working to working mm-hmm. with is like black and white. Is they're red, and so yeah. I guess that just came together easily. That's honestly what helped me get the job because Sesso told me the reason why my portfolio stood out to him is when he went on my website, right? Mm -hmm. He saw my brand style. I had my website custom coded. Thankfully, we released it like a week before out to the public. And then he ended up seeing it and he saw my interest in typography. And my website ended up just being like an example of something that I could do with 100 Thieves with that typography style. Like the two brands almost kind of matched. They were very similar to each other anyways. So that's how he ended up hitting me up. He told me like your website just kind of gave me a sign. Like I need to reach out to this guy, right? I love this. Are you a spirit? Are you like really spiritual, uh, George? 
Uh, I like talking about that. I, I'm not personally, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm really fascinated having that con- like conversation with other people. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, yeah. Only ask because you mentioned earlier how like basically everything has its own, its purpose or like everything mm-hmm. is as an intention. Mm-hmm. And I just like yo like on some spiritual level like to me everything is everything, and like you never know. Just this is my hypothesis. You know what you know. You don't know what you know. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what you don't know. That right. Make any sense. I don't know. I'm just a nerd. I'm curious. Um, I'm curious. <laughs> if you could elaborate on that. So, so I think I messed up the second one, but you know what you know, right? Like I know what the color red is, right? Yeah. I can identify that. I know what I don't know. I know I can't mm-hmm. speak Spanish fluently, right? Yeah. But I don't know if trees can make glass. Right. Like you I don't, don't, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, like I don't until it's there. Then you know if, if that. Make, I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense, but I think that's. The, I think the term that people pass around is like known unknowns and unknown mm-hmm. unknowns. So like you, there are some things that. I mean, this is like, kind of blows my mind, anyways. But like, I I think I know what you're talking about. Like there are things in the world that, you don't even know exist, and then there's yeah. things in the world that exist, but you just don't know what yeah. they are right yeah basically. or you can't explain them right you just helped me out with a question <laughs> i've been I, that's like a question i tell my friends is every time we're in an mm-hmm. argument or something like that it's like yo that's the dumbest thing ever i'm like is it the dumbest thing ever because we never know five years from now it mm-hmm. might happen and we're like damn that wasn't the dumbest thing ever we just yep. didn't know that that was possible exactly i mean that's how it is with technology people hundreds of years ago what we're living right now would be um like unknown unknowns to them right it wouldn't even be in the conversation of possibility right which that's, is super fascinating to me i could talk about that all day that's bringing us into the conversation of why i think bitcoin and nft because mm-hmm. i don't think like even i think i don't even think gamers understood that to be honest we was kind of involved in this a little bit first as far as like csgo skins and stuff like that yeah and now it's getting again what is what is your thought on that nfts and stuff like I love it. I think because I've been, I've had my eye on it maybe for the past year or so, but I've only gotten like really involved in the community, I would say this past month. But I think something that helped me understand why this is working and why it's happening is because of collectibles. So some people know that I've like been really into Pokemon cards. And that oh, I go ahead and show them off. I, yeah. I need to see it. I yeah, need to I see got them. I don't get I got, I got the slabs. I got Listen. them here right on my desk. Oh, I haven't great. stored them away. Oh my goodness. But they look beautiful. I, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing though, is this idea of collectibles, like people selling crypto art is the same thing, whether or yeah. not it's digital or physical, like it's just the idea of having it. Like in reality, this to me is cardboard, like, or this, <laughs> like in reality, it yeah. is cardboard, right? Yeah. So it has to have some value that we make of it. And it's the same with digital collectibles, right? I we make that value. That. Yes. Yeah. Yo, what? I just had that conversation <laughs> yesterday because mm-hmm. I, I was playing. I don't know. Me and my friends. Every time we like playing a game, that's when we get in this deep combo having. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, bro. I was like, it, it amazes me how much Bitcoin is like worth, worth uh, more than gold or whatever it can be. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nothing can be worth it. Like that can't be because it has no value. The only reason it has value is because we gave it value. Same exactly. thing for money. But then I went to the thought. 
but us giving it value is value because yeah i mean if you really want to think about like putting it into perspective specifically with pokemon cards i saw a comment on a video a really long time ago that just like blew my mind because Mm -hmm. someone was saying why would you waste this much money for cardboard and their response is that they're just trading ugly paper for pretty paper and that's that's what it is they're just is that life is that really life that might be right we're just exactly we're just trading ugly dirty paper yeah we're just Uh, trading ugly paper for pretty paper that's that's the whole thing when you look (sighs) at things for what they are we create we get to create what they are essentially right i love that a lot for anybody who's still here because i kind of forgot to mention mention this in the beginning probably in two five minutes i want to get five people I am going to share a link in chat right now because I know you do like a, a lot of Q&As and I want to give yep. people the opportunity to join in here. I will ask love you a love few questions. Goes. Let yeah, me know if that link works, chat. If you want to come ask questions, you don't have to show your face if you don't want to. Uh, let me know. I'm spamming it in chat right now. Yeah. Let's go. This is going to be cool. Do you have a TikTok, George? We have I'm- one. I made a TikTok. I posted once. I'm still kind of torn about how I feel about expanding, branching out into TikTok, but I know there's something there. It's like, I don't know if it's worth the time yet, but I'm still figuring it out. I got you. So we have one. We're going to let them, I'm going to let them talk. I'm going to bring them Mm -hmm. in. Let's see. Let's see. I've I've actually never done this before, so I'm scared. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Hello. Do you have a mic yet? Read. I like the color. I never knew you could make this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're here. I don't think they have their mic on yet. Mm. We're going to bring them in. We're going to bring them in later. Yeah, I had to switch my mic settings when I joined, so it could be that. But he said, let them fix their mic. Oh, Mike's here. Mm. This is actually one of my coworkers. <laughs> awesome. Now, one of my coworkers. Actually, you probably see him. He leaked. I didn't want him to leak it. He's gonna say I yelled at him. That's why I'm not gonna bring him in here yet. <laughs> so he's he's a the new he's the new guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he does like he's our, our graphic designer and stuff like that now. And I was like, yo, we're gonna have you on. And I was like, yo, can you make this? He, he made it. I go down on Twitter because I think you commented on it, and he posted it. I literally texted him. I was like, no, because people were in my DMs like. Yo, they was like, so who do you have for your next guest? I'm like, <laughs> you're going to find out. And he did that. I was like, no. So I'm going to bring him in here. He looks ready. I'm pretty sure he's ready. All right, uh, go. Yo, yo, Mike. What it do, baby? You're muted. We can't hear you. Now we can't hear you either. See, it's those mic settings. It's the, yeah, it might be the mic settings. Because my mic default was like something completely different from what it normally is. Wait, can you hear me now? Yeah, yes. there we go. All right, beautiful. I just got roasted before I got in here. I couldn't even get a <laughs> just roasted me. Uh, honestly, we had a big miscommunication this morning with like guests and stuff. So I didn't know that. Uh, what, do you, what do you mean? Like to not announce it? <laughs> uh, you commented on it yesterday and he literally texted me like, like three seconds after I posted it. Yeah, don't ever do this again. I was like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I guess I'm the new guy. I do graphic design for 137 now, so I just stay awesome. busy making graphics for them. Um, were you bringing me in to ask a question? What, what, what do you want me yeah. to do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, my, <laughs> you have a question for George? I mean, shoot, I have a million questions, but we'll be here all day. 
I, I guess what's, what's I, I guess the one, one thing the one thing that I would love to ask is work environment at Hundred Thieves. How is that? Mm, the work environment I would say is the primary reason why I'm even involved with the team in the first place. Yeah. It is one of the few organizations that I've been a part of or have observed from other people where the environment and everyone in it is treated like family. Yeah. Right. And not just the content creators are family. It's just, it's everyone. Right. So that day one, when I started working there, I, I let them know, like, that was my priority. I want to be a part of a family. That's why I love paper crowns as well. Right. That type of environment, that energy where you can really grow off of everyone who's a part of the the process. Right. That's super important for me. I never want to feel like I'm in a job where nothing moves right yeah. nobody's talking to each other there's just things just stay s still basically right yeah. so the the environment at 100 thieves is i would argue probably one of the best if not the best in esports as far as these organizations go yeah when y'all post announcements i see all the team members i'm like damn that's about, i actually 100 agree i love that yeah you guys are you guys are incredible at i guess putting stuff out before anybody else does. And I mean, just being mm -hmm. on top of stuff. Um, I had a question that I was going to ask you, and I'm over here brain farting now. Well, what were you going to say, Aaron? I got to think about this. I, I'm going to embarrass you again. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know if you know, Mike is a big Sasos fan. Oh, don't even get me started. Mike, Mike is... Because <laughs> I've got is, no shame. Mike is the biggest... If I have never met the biggest fan, mm -hmm. he's the biggest fan. Okay, so like, real quick, real quick. Yeah, so real quick. I started doing graphic design. Um, so I went to college, realized that it wasn't for me, right? Right. Finished college. Uh, I got a sports management degree. This has to do with CESO as well. So it'll make sense in a second. Sure. But I got I got my degree. It makes it gets me excited now. I get hyped. But <laughs> I got my degree and I got an internship at a sports agency. And I was doing social media management. And it had nothing to do with graphic design. I didn't even ever fathom the idea that I would ever open up Photoshop. Mm -hmm. So... He had the, the guy who ran the agency basically hit me up and says, you know, we need a graphic for Instagram. And I had no idea how to do it. So I looked up tutorials and Sesso was the first one I came on YouTube. So I didn't know who the hell Sesso was, but he was super mm -hmm. positive. I really loved like his energy as a person. And it, it really like radiated with me. So I started watching his videos. Next thing you know, I'm binge watching this dude. And like, it's about Photoshop. And usually I'm watching like, you know, fast food reviews, workout videos. I don't really watch graphic design. But next thing you know, I'm over here binge watching, you know, this man Sesso. Mm. Next thing you know, I'm turning into a master at Photoshop just because of this dude. Yeah. Just he's, he's incredible at what he does. So when I came into 137, um, one of the biggest things that I kind of said was I want to carry a brand and just like, you know, brand etiquette and like being a person like Sesso is. Mm -hmm. but Aaron over here hypes it up what? and call, call, calls the, me calls me the biggest fan that's a compliment that's a compliment that's the biggest compliment also yeah. what, is, what is the question dude I forgot I forgot oh man <laughs> I honestly we're, forgot alright we're, we're, we're gonna take you out and we're gonna bring okay. in video game freak video game freak are you ready are you right, well, it, it was good meeting you George I appreciate hey, you talking with me brother. you too and congrats on the job <laughs> appreciate it my guy I love you alright take me out Aaron I got you <laughs> <laughs> Video game freak, one, two, three, what it do? You there? Yo, yo, yo. Is this working? Yep, it's working. We can hear okay, you. Okay, sick. Yep. Uh, so I'm uh, unable to connect to uh, the video right now, but anyway, 
<clears throat> no, I was laughing with Aaron because uh, I knew George was going to be the next guest uh, because <laughs> he, he had uh, he he like made some call out about how uh, how did I know who it was? And I was like, bro, with your uh, with notifications on and knowing you're a fan of George, I knew it was only a matter of time. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I loved that you guys touched on like the alternative assets and NFTs and, you know, mm-hmm. like that whole world and i just wanted to chime in and say george big fan uh and can't wait to see what uh you and 100 thieves are going to get into the mix the cross section of nfts and gaming is going to be huge and i i can only see 100 thieves being on the forefront of that so uh love your stuff and can't wait to see what you guys have coming thank you i appreciate that yeah i see the same thing with nfts like what they are right now is just kind of like the industry being born basically so there's things all over the place there's so much that's been unexplored still so yeah. when i'm looking at the long-term future i think that what we see now is going to be completely evolved like all the opportunity once we start exploring more uh i, I saw someone who was minting life advice as nfts and you could unlock that life advice like things like that it, it doesn't have to just be art it can be I mean, we, we can't even really imagine everything it's capable of. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I I was seeing something the other day where uh, artists were NFTing blocks of their time. Yeah. And uh, that essentially you were committing to whether it was a service or, you know, uh, yeah. consulting or anything like that. And uh, that essentially as they grew their brand or their, you know, uh, their services, et cetera, that a block of their time would be worth more and more, you know, in the future. And it's just fascinating to just wrap, you know, your head around all the possibilities. But it's uh, exactly, I think exactly what uh, we're talking about too. Yeah. Just that it's, it's Mm -hmm. only the beginning. Mm -hmm. It also brings me to when you guys did the, uh, that game was the game road company, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is crazy. I think, I don't Mm -hmm. know. You guys, I just wanted to say, NFT, imagine if Rogue Company was kind of more popping and it really mm-hmm. did go to that shoot and you guys had skins in the game, like long-term success, mm-hmm. that's there for you yeah. guys in the brand. Exactly. There's, uh, th- that's exactly what I'm really excited for. I mean, when I look at the future too, and I'm sure Gary Vee probably feels the same way about this, yeah. but what's been happening recently in our culture is I think we're getting more and more fascinated with collectibles kind of like what we were talking about earlier and it even goes i would say it maybe even goes back as far as at least for like modern culture like fortnite when fortnite came around and decided to be like hey we're gonna be a free game but you can collect some cool items right or even csgo i guess is even further back but i think fortnite is kind of what put it into the mainstream right uh, as far as gaming so that then Pokemon, I mean, every trend that seems to happen is always based around some type of new collectible. And we're just getting more and more and more fascinated with uh, this idea of ownership and really being able to claim something, right? Something yeah. authentic. Yes. Well, and I think that that's uh, something that it, I forget if it was Gary that touched on it the other day or something like that, but it, it might have been Tyler's. One, one of those guys shared an article where it was talking about uh, why would someone spend you know, 500,000 on the, the Nincat meme. Yeah. Uh, why would you want to own something that everyone has? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, I think that's the fascinating thing that we'll see in the pivot 
of digital assets is as opposed to like a Pokemon card, you know, yeah. having scarcity and value, you're going to have people trying to own the thing that everyone has. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're trying to push is what does it really mean to have something, right? So I think that's kind of the boundary we're trying to, to break through, right? Because technically, someone could go for Pokemon cards, they could go to their printer, they can just print out something that looks really similar to it. If they want to get real fancy, they could probably hit up a print shop and print out the same thing, right? But do you really own that thing? Do you, can you really say you have that card, right? Same if you take a photo of the Mona Lisa, do you own, do you have the Mona Lisa? So we're, I think I we're starting to push that boundary, right? Like now we're able to define what it means to authenticate something even digitally. So that's, yeah. I mean, we could talk about it all day. Like it's, it's really fascinating for me. <laughs> that's that's what Clubhouse this. is for. They do it 24 mm-hmm. seven. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, video game free. Thank you. You know, I appreciate you know, the time. You, and support, you support me so much. Uh, He's my friend I haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. That's what we're gonna call it. All right. There we go. Uh, we're gonna bring <laughs> it. It's all. It's all this. It's all this world is, man. A that's bunch a, of friends we haven't met in real life yet. That's so true. Love that. That's so true. All right. But anyway, George, Aaron, appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on. I'm Thank you. Switching back over to Twitch. Thank you. <laughs> all right, we got Spoopy. Spoopy. Let's see. Spoopy, I seen you sparking up. Don't. I think this is the Spoopy I play with. Spooky. Yeah, I got you. I got you. There we go. Hey, what's up? Spooky. How you doing? Hey, man. I'm not much. Just chilling, watching the watching the podcast. You guys are having great conversations right now. Great discussions. So I really appreciate that, y'all. Hey, thank you. So I look all greasy and shit. I just woke up, so <laughs> not too long ago. You look great. Oh, dude, this. I wish, I wish I could grow a beard like that. I'll just say that. When the summertime comes, man, it's going to have to go. That's for sure. It's, it's a little much. Oh, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. But hey, so I had a question. What would be the the most important thing like for somebody who's just trying to get into graphic design? Like mm-hmm. That's something that they just figured out they might be interested in. What would be your advice for the first step that they take? Right. I mean, if we're talking very, very first steps, I, I would always lean towards the idea of just learning as much as you can on the software itself. So like yeah. Adobe is super complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why most of us, we start out just watching tutorials on YouTube. If you just want to watch Sesso's videos, like he can yeah. get you real, real quick, just get you started in the Adobe. But after that point, when you feel like you have some experience, that's when I start pushing people to just meet others that are interested in the Mm. space. So I think I I spoke about this a while ago in one of my videos, but this idea of growth in the industry that you want to work in, or if you don't know what industry, just general graphic design is like, for me with hundred thieves being in esports and like at this point now I have, I would say like pretty good connections with a lot of industry leaders for the design scene. But I didn't just start day one, like hanging out with those types of people. Right. What Mm -hmm. ended up happening for me was I learned design. I learned the software. I started hanging out with friends in esports. like, Oh, you like design too. Like, awesome. I see what you're doing. Like you're making really cool stuff. Uh, they start at the exact same point that I'm in. And then as they grow their brand, they grow their experience. I grow mine. And now it's gotten to the point where it's like 10 years later, most of the industry leaders are, friends that i've just known close knit yeah yeah Yeah. so that's just how it starts like you don't really 
see it that way when you start initially but if you just honestly just have as much fun as possible yeah right when you enjoy it make it look fun yeah 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 you don't want to just like be super focused on only making it to the top right yeah right. you gotta enjoy those those good days right of course of course cool man yeah so yeah the i don't know man just was curious i guess how you did it Mm -hmm. um i'm not huge into graphic design myself i'm more a Mm. software engineer Mm. i like to do more of that stuff um i don't know i like being a loader and sitting on my computer doing my own stuff you know what i'm saying hey but that's that's the thing is like doesn't matter what you're working in there's always a community of course for yeah no for sure it's it's the exact same principles that apply Uh, i don't know if this would apply to you but also something that uh, i've taken as really good advice is so there's this idea of like specializing in something or being like a generalist so yeah that's like really important for design like which one should i be do i want to be like i can do everything or i can do one thing but i'm like really good at that one thing and from my experience in these past you know 10 to 12 years is that you when you're young not like young as an age but young is like when you start out Mm -hmm. you just want to explore everything so you want to be a generalist when yeah. you start out. That's what they teach you at university mm-hmm. too. Like all yeah. the classes are different because they don't want you to specialize in something immediately. They, they, their aim at a university is to get you to discover what you love to do yeah. by giving out all the options. So like I would never have discovered my love for motion design if I only did graphic design when I started out. And I just said like, I'm going to specialize in graphic design. I'm only going to make graphics and nothing else. But no, I just, sure. I explored, I was like, let's try editing. Let's try a little bit of photography, you know, get a camera. Like, let's just see what happens and see what I fall in line with. Right. And at that point you can start working your way up. I don't know if it's the same principles from where you work. Um, but- no, I mean, that's pretty much the same idea of how I started. Cause I went to college first for psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a bachelor's in that. And then after that, I took like a year, two years off. I had surgery on my shoulder, mm-hmm. so I couldn't write or do anything. So I was like, I'll just take a break, you know, because I wasn't sure. Like, I love psychology, right? But that's not something that I want to go for another eight years on mm-hmm. top of my four years, you know. And, and it's just the life I've lived, you know, coming up, it's just not, didn't really fit my, right. what I would think, you know, see myself in the future, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, from that, I went over to actually being a MC for weddings, like a DJ MC wow. and a videographer. Awesome. Yeah. So for like those two years I was out, I was video of uh, like doing the videography, uh, flying drones, videotaping the weddings. And also I was the DJ. So like the MC DJ, you get, I got flown out to freaking Las Vegas to do a whole bunch of mm-hmm. uh, conferences and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. And then from there, that's when I decided I was like, you know, editing, like videography is cool, but software engineering like making the stuff for the creatives to do their things because i'm not the most creative person in the world Mm -hmm. i see more things black and white you know yeah i mean that's that's exactly how it goes it just you sometimes you think you love something until you find something else um so you just keep pushing just keep finding out what it is right of course man yeah that's awesome awesome well thank you for having me guys yeah appreciate it of course love you brother I uh, love you, man. I like the bo- both of the things you guys just said. Mm-hmm. You test, 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 test. And then I love the result of testing, knowing your mm. boundaries and knowing your limits. You yeah. need to test this. 
he wasn't digging it and now he knows what he needs to go into to sprout more out like i feel like even when you become a generalist you can then mm-hmm. sprout into that maybe like i don't know you know how yeah. it's just one seed and it causes roots that's how i'm looking at it a little bit right there yeah that's pretty much exactly how it is so my main thing is like just you'll know when the thing that you love to do just like clicks um it'll just be kind of like a feeling like man i really thought i loved this part about design but now that i've explored this avenue it's it's just it's like wow it's like a completely new world and that when i experienced that for the first time because originally i used to edit montages like that was where i put my time into and then when i discovered branding and how that involved in my eyes like mostly psychology i was like man I was really ready to just edit montages for the rest of my life, but this is just, it's a whole new experience, you know? Yeah. So we have one more. Yet. I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. I don't know if you're ready or not. You hear me yet? Hello. Hello. There we go. You sound good, man. You sound sound crispy. Is that a, is this corpse? Oh, no, I did not sound close to Corpse. First of all, I don't have the accent. <laughs> I'm from Greece, and my accent is kind of not the best. Okay. So basically, I had two questions. And the first one is, is it good having a branding and then like keeping the same color and like the same background and stuff, using the same elements? Mm-hmm. Is that like, can I send a link, actually, and you, you guys can see in this chat? Uh, I mean, I get the idea of what you're saying. I don't know, Aaron, I'll let you run the show as far as how we go about that. Uh, what did you say, Riyad? Um We have a branding, okay? And we're using the same background in some of the of the announcements we're making. We're using the same colors, the same, mm-hmm. the same elements in the designs, okay? Mm-hmm. Is it good to keep doing that stuff or we should like change it or we should make it like seasons and stuff? Yeah, so I mean... I can answer that right now um, is basically it's this is why design is really complicated because it doesn't come down to like a single answer of like, yes, it's good or, or no, it's bad. But basically you just if you come into design with intentional thinking. So just to give an example, like what we do for 100 Thieves, it's very important that we have that brand to tie everything together. Those brand styles, the colors that we use, you know, layout, typeface, like that's all really important because it makes the brand recognizable and it makes it iconic to where someone can see that style and immediately associate it with the name of that brand. That's really important. And that consistency is the only way you can do that, right? But at the same time, when something is consistent for too long, it gets it gets stale, right? It'll get okay. boring. Yeah. And it's important as a designer for you to be able to pinpoint those moments when you need to switch something up. And it doesn't mean you completely rebrand. So when you see rebrands by major corporations, like for the most part, they don't change a lot. They just change, they just spice it up a little bit. They modernize it. They just show that they're doing something a little bit differently. And in our case for 100 Thieves, I know when we have like, when we had our Valorant championship, which was like a huge deal for us, we changed our colors. Yeah, we we kept some things the same to keep that consistency. We kept the same typeface. We uh, kept the same ratio of color, but instead of red, we switched to gold just for that event. 
So that's kind of those situations. And it looks so good. Yeah, you have to just be able to pinpoint like, this is the right moment to change. Like, this is a huge event. We want people's eyes on this. We don't want them to just scroll past it thinking it's like a regular 100 Thieves thing. So we decided to make that decision. Like, let's swap the color palette. We'll keep everything else the same just so people still know that it's us. But that in itself is, it got people's attention, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. That answers a lot, actually. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Um, I don't, did you have one more? I thought you yeah. said yeah, too. Uh, the, other, the other question does not have to do with this designing stuff. I just wanted to ask, what's your camera, Nowak? Oh, I love yeah, this. Sure. <laughs> There's yeah. a <laughs> uh, My camera is a Sony A6400, and then I'm using a Sigma 16mm lens. So I have it hooked up on... Uh, monopod on my desk but yeah i had when i got thrown into the streaming business like i had to i had to upgrade real quick because i was using a really outdated uh webcam <laughs> okay thank you very much mm -hmm. yeah of course thank you Riet. thank you see you yeah that was good i gotta start doing that's you know the first one who's done that on his whole I love it. screen i'm glad uh, it worked out i'm glad yeah. there was nobody that hopped in and like started screaming and then <laughs> me like, too <laughs> i was scared for that <laughs> uh, i really appreciate you just really supposed to be 30 minutes we're coming up on an hour to not mean for that to happen um mm -hmm. i want to end it on this question though if you can make a creative i mean my bad mistake we started if you create if you could create a law that every creative had to follow what would it be Oh, I think this whole podcast has kind of led up to to what my answer is going to be. And it's the law has to be you need to be able to explain every piece of something you create and why you decided to do that. So here's here's the law. Here's the world, the setting that we're in. So mm -hmm. police knock on your door or law enforcement, whatever. They point to something on your screen. They point to the logo like, OK, let's see, like right there. Aaron, why did you put the logo there? Why is it that size, right? Why did you decide to <laughs> place it there? You know. You want me to answer? If you want to, <laughs> I know. Um, be honest. Um, the reason I put it on the right, really, no purpose. No purpose. Yeah, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm going to jail. I don't. I mean, I put it there just because that's normally where we put auto marks, kind of on the mm -hmm. right. Uh, and so normally what I do is I put myself under 1000 so people know like that's me mm. with the brand and kind of know if they don't know who George Merrick is, want to get the name from the inside of the screen featuring and then below mm. is you, kind of switch it up, but that's kind of the reason for that. Perfect. All right. So they'll leave, they'll leave your place. They'll say, all right, that works. Have a good day. That's, like that. that's going to be the new law. For designers, I like, <laughs> I like that. I like that so much. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I was scared there. I don't know. You should be an actor or something down the line. Uh, mm -hmm. But we're gonna call it here. Thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Listen, this has been awesome. One day we need to bring. I'm gonna buy you some Legos and we do a stream called Building Legos with Aaron and George. Let's go. Yeah. I'm all for that. Let's uh, do it. So thank you for being on, guys. If you enjoyed this, thank you so much for even being here. Thank you for those who came and asked questions. For the next guest, I am not even going to give a tip, uh, a leak, or even <laughs> any type of information because I am clearly bad at those. Uh, <laughs> but I will see you on the next one. Thank you, guys. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.